Good morning, everyone out there in Radio Land. This is Jane Comier, your host for Artful Living today. And uh, we have a wonderful guest here on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. That's WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And our guest today is a gentleman that I'm very happy to meet. His name is Paul Brogan. And uh, I guess Paul Brogan is... is uh, a person that we well know of here in the Concord area. You have been here for most of your most of your life. You're a resident here, and uh, he's a wonderful author, and he's just an all-around good guy. So, Paul, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me, Jane. It's great oh, to be here. Absolutely going to be a fun show, I can tell. Um, so, you know what? We were talking uh, a little bit before we started our show today, and uh, it, he has lots of great stories to tell, and I had to actually cut him off. I said, you know, no, no, don't tell me anymore. We got to save that for the for the show because um, you know what? We like to do everything live, as live as we can, right? And uh, so those stories were great. I didn't want to waste them. And so uh, you know what? He was telling one of the great things that you brought up, which I think is very true, very true for all of us, is that sometimes we need to, as people, leave the places that we grew up to go away. To come back to appreciate what it is we have. I totally agree. It's, it's in fact, so many people that I went to school, I graduated from Brady, and so many of the people in my class eventually, you know, left the area to find other, you know, fulfill their dreams sure. or something else. But a great number of them did return eventually and with a new perspective about Concord that's that awesome. they didn't have when you're living here. Yes, yes, I think that that's true. You know, I remember a couple of years ago reading... Uh, there was quite a number of articles and you know stuff on radio that I was listening to that said that they were concerned that you know students that go to, to college here move away from New Hampshire and uh, you know there was sort of like an effort to try to keep the youngins here in New Hampshire and I can remember thinking just like what you said back then that why would anybody you know, have that concern. Isn't it really what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to spread our wings, go out there and take a, you know, take a trip to see what the world is like. So true. And I feel badly for people who don't. I, I remember if I might uh, just um, tell a short story. Sure, sure. About 40 years ago when I was working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield down on Pillsbury Street in Concord, uh, I was the president of the Employees Association and used to schedule bus trips to Boston to see plays and mm. different things. And we did one one year to Radio City Music Hall in New York nice. to see the Christmas show. Yeah. Filled the bus, <clears throat> all kinds of people. We got to New York and a woman refused to get off the bus because she said, I've never been outside of New Hampshire and I know if I get off the bus, I'm going to get uh, mugged or oh something awful is going to happen to me. Oh. So I took her by the hand and I took her off the bus uh -huh. and I walked her around that general area around yes. Rockefeller Center. Yes. And she relaxed, but she was 62 years old and had never been outside oh of New goodness. Hampshire. Imagine that. Not even Boston. And uh, it's amazing how many people, well, I have everything I want here. I don't ever need to leave. Yeah. But I think it just expands your horizons yeah, and your perspective towards the life, life in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, you know, I think with that situation, maybe there was a lot of fear 
that was generating her staying in in Concord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in that case, stepping outside the box is never a bad thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And what's the worst thing that can happen yeah. if you can fail at something? Well, not really fail. It may not. You, come up to your expectations sure. or hopes, but at least you've done it, yeah. and you're not going to be sitting at 80 years old with regret saying, why didn't I Absolutely. when I had the chance? Yes, so. that's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, we find that out as we get older. I think. We do. We don't think about that when we're young because we're just like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, we, <laughs> we push onward. We have all those years, right? But then as you get older, you do start to, you know, ruminate a little bit about what I did do, what I didn't do. Um, and absolutely makes a difference when mm-hmm. you you make that effort. You know? It really does. Yeah. It really does. It really so. does. You know what? You were making a, a telling me a story. Um, I, I what did were we predicating that on? I forget. But you were talking about Patty Page. Yes. Now I have to say, when I was a kid, I used to sing all her records. I thought, you know, her and her sisters had such beautiful. Sounds yes, and uh, I haven't thought of Patty Page for a long time. <laughs> and then you say she actually lived in in New Hampshire. She did. She had a maple syrup farm up near Bath, New Hampshire, lovely fun? place. And about twenty two years ago, um, I was doing. I was the event. Uh, coordinator for a nonprofit in Concord, Merrimack Valley AIDS Project, uh, and I wanted to do an event that would bring a focus on what the work the agency did, but also attract people who might not typically give money to AIDS, mm-hmm. an older crowd. Mm-hmm. So I said, why not bring Patty Page to the Capitol Center? Isn't that nice? And well, originally I brought her to the Palace Theater in Manchester. Oh, okay. Uh, two weeks after 9 11. She sold out the show. I'll bet. She ended the program with God Bless America, telling everybody to nice? stand. And it was such a success. She and her husband asked me to put together a tour in New Hampshire for AIDS in 2002. Wow. So we had her play at the Lebanon Opera House, the Capitol Center for the Arts, and the Music Hall in Portsmouth, Beautiful. and raised something like $50,000 for you know uh, clients of the yeah, three agencies. Right. And she also donates 25% of the sales from her singing maple syrup toward uh, the the uh, agencies oh in, in each location. And it's saying you you took off the lid and there was a computer chip Get that had Patty here. Page singing. My mother, who is 99, <laughs> still has the maple syrup no. from the 2002 concert. The syrup is gone, but when you unscrew the it lid, Patty is still singing. Isn't that funny? Yes, yes it oh, was amazing. That must be a collective <clears throat> item, you know, today. I'm sure it is. That's I'm sure. Cool. And she was wonderful. Yeah. And Governor Shaheen came and declared it Patty Page Day <laughs> and uh, was only going to come and make the proclamation and sure. say hello to Patty. Yeah. But she was so enthralled with the concert, she suddenly recognized, of course, Old Cape Cod, yes. Tennessee Waltz, Allegheny yes. Moon, yeah. that she sat in a folding chair right off stage for the entire concert. That's something. Uh, it was so good. But Very it, good. it was wonderful. And it was when 
I realized that you need to put a face on AIDS that's not strictly limited to the clients, but to get other people understanding that this impacts everyone. And so we brought uh, Carol Channing and uh, Eileen Fulton from As the World Turns. Uh, Jim Bailey performed as Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand and, uh, you know, a number of people. Greg Louganis came and talked about living with AIDS. So it was a wonderful opportunity because I lost so many friends in the 80s to AIDS. Yeah. And I was one of the fortunate ones I remain. You know, I say to people in life, I try to be positive. There's one thing I'm very glad I'm negative about, my HIV status. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take away from the fact that so many people weren't fortunate enough. And so it was an yeah. opportunity to create awareness, education, sure. and get a message out there right. without being preachy. When Carol Channing is saying to you, why you darling people it's so nice to be here um and she and governor lynch just formed a mutual admiration society they were so cute together it was just wonderful wow well that that's a great story that is a great story. Do you know if the farm, does, is the farm still in existence? I'm not sure. Patty passed away several years ago. I would imagine it probably isn't. Yeah. Uh, but Did she have kids? She did have children, yes. I'm and they lived they in California, oh. and they wanted nothing to do I gotcha. with, with yeah. anything. Like New Hampshire or syrup. Exactly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that works all right. They thought mom's songs were a little syrupy. Oh, my. Well, they were, but they were wonderful. They were wonderful. I mean, how can you how, how can you hummable find anything wrong? and just yeah. you know just no, they were beautiful absolutely i mean they, the the lennon sisters had some really beautiful they had lovely yes absolutely yeah. they there's there was really some good music so now i see here when i pull up um the new hampshire writers project yes well, we just keep hearing all kinds <clears throat> of good things about this project i mean a uh, lot of good people involved in that yes which is great and uh, i see that you're listed right here that uh, you recently, is it pretty recent, that you released a new memoir? And, yes. And uh, you, you go into your personal relationships with Hollywood's Hollywood legends. <laughs> wow, that's fun. Yes, it is. And so what is, <clears throat> tell us something about your book. Uh, well, the latest book, the book before the Concord Theater, was the story of the Concord Theater, where Bank of New Hampshire stage is. Right. I started working there when I was a... Uh, student, a, a sophomore at Brady, and I remained there for 27 years until Holy the theater moly. closed. Okay. And oh, that must have been sad, huh? It was. All right, we're going to, I can hear the music. I hear it too. I hear the music, so you know what, I don't want to interrupt the story midpoint, so okay. we're going to stop you there. We're going to take a little break here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay right there, we'll come up on the other side. Welcome back to WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and of course, our new station, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And uh, just a reminder, if there's any programming that you might have missed here on WKXL, you can always find those programs at NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. So today our guest is Paul Brogan, and we've been sort of having a jolly chat. Um, I cut him off again in the first segment because we keep we keep these conversations going, and then 
We have a segment. We have to stop, right? So, um, but he was telling us a story when he was working at the Concord Theater. You said you were there for 27 years. 27 years. years You must have been crushed when it closed. Um, I was, but I also recognized it was run by the same woman for 61 years, from 1933 to 1994. Holy moly. And she was in her 80s. She started there when she was 19 and running it booking the movies um, competing with the other two theaters in town the Capitol and the star on pleasant street which were owned by joseph kennedy the father of the president his movie chain and he did not like a woman running a movie theater and came to concord (laughs) poked her in the chest and said you women need to remember your place you're fine selling tickets you have no business playing with the big boys um but she endured while his theaters folded. Yeah, so, there it is. Uh, but, Karma. But she was an amazing person. I'm working with the Guinness Book of Records to determine whether or not she is the only woman in history to run a first-run independent movie theater for more than 60 years. Wow. And if that is confirmed, then uh, the Bank of New Hampshire stage will get a certificate oh, cool. indicating that it will go in the lobby, oh, which I would hope be that nice. Happens. That's great. <clears throat> But I started there in 1967, and I stayed till 1994, the last show, <laughs> and the last Aww. picture show. And I, it was just an amazing experience, because you saw everyone in Concord came to the movies at some time. Yes, yes. Uh, and it was just... Uh, Wonderful. I mean, it, it was a growing experience, and it helped you to come out of any shell you yeah. might be in about being shy. Well, it was or whatever. community, wasn't it? It I was. Mean, at a time when you know we need community more than ever, it's harder and harder to really, I think, for kids to understand. <clears throat> The importance of what all this had, you know, what going to the movies really meant. And it was True. a big deal. And you got to see your, your friends. And, you did. You know, it was togetherness, right? You did. And in 1968, when we played Valley of the Dolls, more than 15,000 people attended the movie during oh, its gosh, run. Wow. And Concord had 26,000. So more than half <laughs> the city. But nobody admits it. They all came in. Well, the movie was condemned. That was oh, before we had ratings. Okay. So it was a mortal sin if you attended a condemned movie. So who condemned it? The Catholic Church, the Legion of Decency, okay. were the people that we didn't have the G, P, G, M. They didn't have that in Not yet till 1969. Get out of here. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's when the rating system started. Wowie zowie. Okay. That was because the industry decided they wanted to self-regulate instead of having the Catholic Church telling them right. if a movie was Well, it probably X-rated made more sense to do it that else. way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It did. Okay, so so it was really well-received, and probably it's kind of funny you said, you know, they, they didn't want people necessarily to know they were going. <laughs> no. I I had to go to confession every Saturday because Father Limoges at Bishop Brady mm-hmm. called me into the office and mm-hmm. said, you're working at a condemned film. And he said, you're in the presence of mortal sin, oh. so you need to go to confession or you will go to hell. So every Saturday I went in, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one week, uh, and here is <laughs> my sin. That's not a bad thing. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you don't. Who knows, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Just cover it. Cover exactly. It <laughs> but it was a totally different time. Totally, And yes. Teresa, who ran the theater, was told never to set foot in St. John's Church again oh. because she was showing a condemned film. I see. So yeah. she started going to Sacred Heart yeah. Church. Yeah, very different. You know, but, I mean, it was a different time. It was a different time. You know, and and very difficult at the time, especially when your church tells you that you're not welcome. Um, Having, I've seen that 
mm-hmm. live and up close, and it's painful, for sure. Yes. But yes. you know what? You also have to understand if if you're if you're a godly person, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have the one-on-one connection with oh, definitely the Lord, and Absolutely. you don't necessarily have. And He understands what's Absolutely. in in your heart and soul. He does. He does. And organized religion is a great thing. I think that mm-hmm. I. I I consider myself an active Catholic, but you know what? Times, times all have a different cultural thing exactly. going on. They do. You know, you have to sort of monitor monitor what it is and do what you can do. You mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. but it's okay. I mean, in the end, she's going to be in the Guinness. Well, go, we Guinness hope so. Books. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> and Sacred Heart Church was very happy to welcome her one hundred dollar a week donation in the Aww. basket. Yeah, so <laughs> very nice. Good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad at least that worked out for yeah. a poor kid. That's great. So, um, when that theater closed, now that that theater just went blank yes. for a while. Yes, it did for quite a while, about twenty plus years before Steve Dupree got involved, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Capitol Center was looking to expand or have another venue, and that's when they became involved uh, around 2017, 2018. Wow, so, exactly, huh? and, and now it's it's this beautiful, I, I actually am, I'm going to be heading out there on the 30th to see someone who was uh, here, Keith uh, Belanger, oh. is going to be doing a little piano bar evening. Oh. So I'm going to, I told him, Keith, I'm going, I'm going to go see that, because I haven't been in the building yet, I haven't seen mm-hmm. the facility yet. Oh, you know? it's so gorgeous. Everybody says it's it. It's so. just, you almost want a genuflect. Oh. It's that kind of a feeling when you walk in. Wow, he's out. Okay. <clears throat> but, so I may check that out, too. Yeah. I used to be a pianist at a restaurant in a gunkwit back in the 80s. Wow. And that was a, it's a wonderful experience to sit there and just play yeah. and have people interact with you and, and sing. What you're doing. Sometimes they even sing on key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful song. Social thing, mm-hmm. and then before we had cell phones as distractions, people would totally focus on right. what the song was, and of course, you know, have that interest and have the real interaction. It was, you know, it was nice. It's funny how many times when you have folks that were pre-technology, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, the different things that come out of the conversations because when you've understood what it was before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, it never leaves the psyche. It's so true. It's I mean, I go to the doctor's office and everyone pulls out the cell phone. And I remember we used to talk in mm-hmm. the waiting room beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's just quiet except for the little yeah. pecking on the Yeah, keyboard. the habit of pulling it out. Yes, yeah. exactly. For sure, for sure. Wow. Okay, so you know what? I don't know how we got to the Concord, uh, the Concord No, theater. Thing. Theater, but we were talking about, about sprinkling oh, of book. stardust over the outhouse. <laughs> the Concord Theater was book number two. That's right. And sprinkling you. is book number three. I, oh, mama <clears throat> mia. Okay, so we were on book two. Yes. What was book one? Book one was, was that a name I dropped? Uh, it's no longer available. It was available on eBay for $1,200 about five years ago. <laughs> I didn't get anything from it because these were used copies people were selling. Okay. Uh, and they'd already you know, given me sure. my royalty for it. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just went out of print and then it became for a while valuable. Now it's just vanished. If I had known it had that kind of value, I would have hoarded them and paid for a retirement someday. <laughs> so. If only. 
only, right? Yes. <laughs> but I cover some of the same ground in A Sprinkling of Stardust Over the Outhouse. And that was the book that came out last summer. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, growing up in Concord, there's a lot of about that. It touches on the years with the Concord Theater. It touches on Hollywood, mm-hmm. friendship with Doris Day, Rock Hudson, and the Carol Channing, and the different people that I was fortunate to know. Yeah. And then coming back and doing teaching the classes for Ollie and uh, doing a television show for Concord TV mm-hmm. and writing a book about White's Park, a mystery yes. set in White's Park. Oh, cool. And that's the next book. So it's about after 65, you don't have to stop if you don't want to. That's There's right. nothing worse to me than just to sit down and, okay, that's it, I've done it all. Well, what do you, how, what do you, you can't do it. You can't. I, I don't think it, I no. have, I, I'm at the point where I'm supposed to be semi-retired mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to figure it all mm-hmm. out because you know what? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can't just sit around. <laughs> no, no, there's there's too much to accomplish yeah. and get done, and I still try to play the piano every day. Good. Um, my mom does at 99. She says to me, I went to Juilliard, and I'm going to get my money's worth, so does. I'm going to play every day. <laughs> she sits down, and every yes, day. She does. It's great for her. Sure. She'll be 100 in December. So. Holy moly. Yes. Right. If I weren't adopted, I would have inherited those genes, <laughs> and I could be looking at 100 as well, a Well, you never know, right? Yeah. Maybe you it's never nurture know. instead it of is. nature. That's so. right. There you go. Nurture you, instead of Yes. Nature. Very good. I haven't heard it put that yeah. way. <laughs> Very good. Well, I think that um, the... The book that I see here yes. listed in New Hampshire Writers Project. Yes. Um, I'm assuming that someone could pick that up, right? Yes, that's a Gibson's. So is the Concord Gibson's. Theater book. Okay. Gibson's has both of those. They're also on Amazon, but I urge people to local. shop local Absolutely. or in Manchester. It's at the Bookery. Bookery. Um, I love that place. Isn't that great? Yes, it I is. did an event, a book event for the book there, yeah. and they were so wonderful yes. and welcoming yes. downtown manchester needed that There's they no truly kidding. you are did. so right yeah, we, there's the restaurants and bars but yeah. this is you know food for thought absolutely and it's and they encourage the browsing and yeah. you know just the social it's a great little we can actually talk about that a little bit on the next, okay. next break there wkxl new hampshire talk radio.com jane cormier host of artful living our guest paul brogan take a little break here on wkxl 1450 a.m 103.9 fm concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We will be right back. <clears throat> Welcome back. Jane Cormier here on Artful Living, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. And if you're just joining us, our guest today is Paul Brogan. He is a Concord resident and sort of like a, well, what haven't you done? <laughs> right? And you have everything. You've done, done a little bit of everything. Um, you know, the, during the break, we were talking about uh, your book that you have recently just published, A Sprinkling of Stardust Over the Outhouse. Um, that's an interesting topic. We'll just leave that right there. And uh, it's a redo, you said, of sorts. Yes, of yeah. sorts. And uh, this book is, uh, uh, you can purchase this at Gibson's in Concord because we always like to promote local. Uh, also Amazon, if someone was so inclined. And we were talking about a store in Manchester called The Bookery. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were discussing the fact how how needed that store was. I cannot agree with you more mm-hmm. on that. 
Well, as a kid, I would take the bus to Manchester because I wanted to go to the big city. Yeah, and they right. had tall buildings <laughs> down there. And there were wonderful shops and stores yeah. on Elm Street yeah. then, movie theaters. And it was, you know, at 10 years old, I felt like I'd gone to Manhattan or something. Yeah, right. And then for a long time, there wasn't. Yeah. And then we had the Renaissance with restaurants and bars, but not a lot of stores, per se, to go into right. and browse around. And bookery. Is, is definitely that kind of a store where they don't look at you if you spend too much time opening a book and going <laughs> through it right. to decide whether you want to purchase it or not. Right. Um, they don't hurry you out or say, not this going. isn't a library, this they is a bookstore. They actually want you in here. They do. Yes. And they have a wonderful cafe they in do. there. Yes. And it's just a very, very nice part of downtown totally Manchester. Totally agree with you. Nice ambiance. Mm. I, I have to keep trying. I've tried multiple times to have them come on our show. And I haven't been successful yet, but I would love to have them because I've been in there many times. Mm. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they they really do have such a nice ambiance in there. And to go in there and and look at the books and then have a coffee, maybe a little treat, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's an experience. (laughs) Yes. And the girl assured me last time when I was in there that the pastries have no calories. Oh, yes. So I um, don't believe you, but that's okay. (laughs) They're still good. (laughs) Maybe now that KXL is reaching into Manchester so much. They yes. might consider there would be value to their coming on. I would definitely think so. And that's the last couple of plugs. You know, I let, went up, left mm. the card. Mm. But you know what? I'm sure life is tough and yeah. busy and everybody's yes. doing a thousand things. Exactly. You know, but I'll stay on that because I, I totally agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Bookery's a great little place. Yes. So and, what, let's get back to your book. Yes. So um, <clears throat> this book, you you are telling stories, really. You're, you're a storyteller. I think so. Yeah, my mom did that in schools after she retired at Christmas. Krista McAuliffe and uh, Walker School and everything was a storyteller. And uh, and I grew up hearing stories about her life and uh, and you know she's the one that helped instill in me my love of opera at a young age when yes. everybody else in school what you yes. like what yes um, and I remember <laughs> um, there was an aria, a, a lovely song by Franz Lehár Meine Lieben Sekusen so high that I learned mm-hmm. in German yep. and I would sing it when I was like nine years old That's and the famous. kids in the schoolyard would evacuate <laughs> so quickly they thought I was insane yes yes but uh, the book I the title is because we all have messy, unpleasant things in our life, Mm -hmm. Uh, but put them in the outhouse, don't regurgitate it over and over, (laughs) put a little bit of, you know, stardust over it and move on to the next thing. Sort of like Peter Pan with the fairy dust. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just stories about uh, growing up here, why it mattered, why I loved it, Mm -hmm. and why it helped me to develop certain skill sets that help you to get through things. Uh, Whereas if I'd grown up in a place of millions of people, you might not have had the individual attention and focus and ability to find out about yourself. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Inevitably, I think it's going to be an individual thing on whether or not that kind of you know, thing happens to exactly. the person. But the truth is, is I think it's tremendously undervalued mm-hmm. uh, when people live in, in small community yes. and and are nurtured and mm-hmm. enjoy that. You know, yes. a, a city city person doesn't always get that. You know? They don't. They really don't. So, but who says it has to be big to be worthy? Exactly. I've never believed that. Exactly. So I think that, uh, and who knows, 
with the guise of all this technology that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. um, maybe there is more to be looked at with smaller and less is more than we ever thought. So true. So you know, true. So. And Concord has maintained enough of the the roots from, yeah. you know, 50 years ago I or agree. more. And I mean, I miss the five and dimes and things because, you know. We all do. When you had an allowance of 50 cents a week, you could find things to buy in those, yeah. in the bins and everything. Right. And it was fun. It was fun. It was an yeah. adventure to go up and down the aisle and sit on the squeaky stool at yeah, the soda right. fountain. Absolutely. And, <laughs> Around. I don't know. Is there any place left in, Con- in in New Hampshire that has those that has that? I don't, I know that don't I- think so. Yeah. I don't think anyone does anymore. Yeah. It's 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 a loss because totally. it was just there was a charm about it. Totally. And, and and again, it was community. It was community. You knew the people waiting on you. You yeah. knew the person <laughs> in the stool next to That's you. That's right. You know, there was that wonderful give and take. Yeah. I. You know, I had an I. I I, there was a store right next to um, the theater in Laconia. Yes. And that used to be, I think, a Woolworths, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yes, it was. And um, I, before the consignment store got in there, because now they have this huge consignment store mm-hmm. in there, um, there was somebody that had given me a tour before, you know, way, way before mm. the, the theater was renovated, mm-hmm. right? But I got to go in and see mm-hmm. what was in there. And and mm-hmm. then we went next door because he knew who, who was currently, you know, going to rent that yes. space of that store. And I just had this fantasy that wouldn't it have been awesome? I And I said to him, why doesn't somebody buy this and call it It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it had... Mm-hmm. The soda shop seating yes, on the side. still there. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could have dressed people up from that period. Yes, yes. You could have bought some product looking like it was from that period. It didn't all have to be that no, way. But just, no. you know, mm-hmm. put it in there. It had two levels. Mm-hmm. You could have had a whole lot of fun with community in that place. You Families. Could. You, you know? could. And uh, the guy that was giving me the, the uh, tour said, you know, that's a really great idea. And, uh, you know, of course... You, life goes on, you forget all about yes. it. But I always wondered, why doesn't anybody do that? Do that. Nostalgia is so big right now. It is. And, it is. and It's a Wonderful Life was what that looked like. Yes. <laughs> you know? It was stepping back in time. Totally. It really was, instantly. I think you could make money doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to have a certain love for it, I think. It's yes. not for everyone. You would. Well, you would. But who wouldn't go to it? And it would be a tourist attraction, wouldn't too. It, Something totally different up in the Lakes Region area. Oh, which well, I is... always thought so. But you know what? I guess it's all right. <laughs> it, they, if you go in there, they have a tremendous amount of uh, antiques in there mm-hmm. and, and old stuff that you can yes. look at, which is fun. Fun. Too. It is. It yeah. is. The same with the one in Concord. Yeah. It's fun just to go in and walk around. Yes. And, and I do it all the time. Oh, me too. In fact, our next guest is going to be the woman from the consignment store downtown. Oh, great. Um, in Concord. And which They're I, wonderful. I'm good for two times a week in mm-hmm. that store. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so isn't that funny, huh? It is. It's it strange. Is. I think, you know, if I got all kinds of money, if mm-hmm. I had won the lottery, let's yes. say I win the lottery, I would definitely do that. That would be a project I'd do. I'd try mm-hmm. to find a property that would mm-hmm. emulate Woolworths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the v- former CVS, that was our Newberries for, for 60 years. That was Newberries, J.J. Newberries, until oh CVS moved in and there. And that's open right now. Yeah, it's available. So. so I have to win the lottery. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I will uh, try to there. win something, too, and I, we can... <laughs>
can join forces <laughs> and right. bring it. And they still have the squeaky wooden floors Isn't that, that they had when it was J.J. Yes, Newberry's. we'd have to keep those. We'd Absolutely. have to keep those, and we'd call it It's a Wonderful Life. That would be wonderful. That, be something? that would be. Well, okay, so there's something All to right, to. okay. <laughs> we have a plan. <laughs> How did we ever get on this topic? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Anyway, we were talking about your book and yes. how people could purchase it at yes, Gibson's they can. Bookstore. they can. And, you know, if you're mm. looking to read a book, I assume that's going to be a storyteller's book. Mm-hmm. That's one for you. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm very pleased with it. Be. And uh, tell lots of stories. My friend Doris Day was an inspiration yes, to me. Yes, and how did you meet Doris um, Day? Wrote her a letter when I was nine. Yeah. Uh, and she answered it. Get out. Uh, this was back in an era. My parents took us to the Concord Drive-In Theater over off Manchester Street. We saw Please Don't Eat the Daisies. Oh, great. Um, I went home and wrote a note to her, Doris Day, Hollywood, California. Dear Miss Day, <laughs> if I didn't have my own mother, I'd love to have you as a mother because she played a <laughs> fun course. mother. Yes. Was that and, the one with the eight kids or something yes, like that? Yes. Yes. I remember and, that movie. <laughs> So I sent it off, Doris Day, Hollywood, California. There were not zip codes in those days. It made it there. Oh, my goodness. Um, I got a lovely letter back uh, <laughs> saying it was the sweetest fan letter she ever got. Oh. Here's my address. I'd love to hear from you again. Isn't that sweet? Well, this was the early 60s. There weren't stalkers. <laughs> and there weren't. And she knew this little nine-year-old boy isn't going to, you know, case the joint of or course, do anything like that. So she kept saying, when you come out to California, I want to meet you. And I finally went out there. She invited me into the house and we Isn't rode bikes awesome? through Beverly Hills and oh became goodness. great friends, made great 47 story. trips to visit her. Oh, um, she moved to Carmel, had a pet uh, friendly uh, hotel okay. uh, called the Cypress Inn and lived that's up where there. That's stayed? Yes. Awesome. And so it was nice. Well, Doris Day, that's cute. Great story. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little, I hear the music. We're going to take a little break here. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Paul Brogan is our guest. We will be right back. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here, your host for Artful Living on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Remember, you can get all of our programming right on that site. And uh, we are welcoming a guest named um, Paul. I want to say Brian. I went totally blind for a second. I'm thinking, Brian. No, it's not Brian. Paul Brogan. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being here with us today. And we've been chatting about everything under the sun, sort of like jumping around, but you know what? You go with the flow of the conversation. Exactly. And you just shared with us a great story about Doris Day, which I thought was so charming. And uh, you really got to know her pretty well. Yes. You know, 47 trips. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. We became great friends right up until the time she passed away four years ago. Um, but she lived to 97, and yeah. I think that's because she loves an- loved animals and started a pet foundation huh? and moved away from the entertainment business yeah. and showed that you don't have to stay stuck in one particular thing. Right. You can expand and look beyond, which is one of the things I think that I did instead of – you know, staying, doing the same predictable kind of thing. Sure. You move out of that comfort zone. Absolutely. And, and it, it is, I think, 
the best part of life is when you try those new totally. adventures. Absolutely. That's when mm. even if it's one that you at the beginning are going, uh, about it <clears throat> invariably by the time you're done, turn around into something positive. Exactly. You know? Well, in, in high school, the guidance counselor, a nun, uh, told me I had no – I said I wanted to go to California when I got out of school someday and do this and that. She said, well, you can't go to California. You're not good-looking enough. They won't accept you out there. And I said, no, I want to be behind the scenes and write maybe scripts or something. Sure. Oh, no, you can't do any of that. You don't have that talent. You need to settle for something uh, safe. And so, and that was the philosophy then sometimes. Yeah. And so it was after 50 that I became a writer. Uh, But I decided if I was going to do it, I needed to do it. That's right. And (laughs) if it didn't work out, so what? At least I made the effort and I found out that, you know, I could or I couldn't. And so it it led to a lot of very nice things and I continue to write when I want to, but I'm not pressured to write. So that's a nice thing. That's always a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you know what? The pressure comes, I think, usually when we're doing things that we're not really feeling much desire to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're stuck in a job that you don't enjoy, which, let's face it, I think a lot of people do yes. fall into that. Horrible way to wake up in the morning. You know, I, I remember for a very short period in my life, it didn't last long, um, because I figured that one out pretty quick, that if you didn't in- look forward to mm-hmm. going to what you had to do for the day, mm-hmm. you were going to end up with a problem. Yes. And I think that it can be scary to jump off that train, but it's it's an important mm-hmm. one to take. You know, it really is. Jump off it because <clears throat> it's not life isn't getting any any longer no, for you us. You only you have the one life. That's right. Yes, you're not <laughs> going to be coming back to get to redo it or something else. Ex- so absolutely, uh, you need to explore all those options yeah. and never have regrets. That you way. know, I have to say, <laughs> you you made me think about something. Um, so you're you've liked opera as a child. You said and yes. You know, I was the opposite. I was the last of eight kids. And if you had told me I was going to have anything to do with opera, I would have laughed in your face. Uh-huh. And my family would never have. We never went to an opera. There was no classical music mm. in the family. Um, I got onto opera very late for a singer, you know, for an opera singer. Yes. And although I always sing Broadway stuff, I was mm-hmm. in clubs by the time I was 18. But I, I made that jump to um, to opera probably at like 22. But um, I had a music teacher. One music teacher. Now, I had four of them in high school, and three of the four were very supportive. I, I had a great voice. I was always in Allstate. I was a go-getter. You mm-hmm. know, everybody kind of knew it, which was fine. Yes. But this one band teacher decided that um, I had to be brought down to earth and uh, told me, which was absolutely bizarre, because the one thing that I've always been gifted with was rhythm. It's mm-hmm. so a really good tap dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm a coloratura soprano. Mm-hmm. You don't sing fast notes in in even line yes. unless you have really good rhythm exactly right? that's what keeps the pulse so true in, in line and he told me uh that i would never make it in the music business because i had i i did not have good enough rhythm and i was probably 17 when he said that to me and um crushed me for like two weeks i'm like oh my god mr who's he said this and you know i was thinking why did he say that and you know what i think that when people when, you know, you talked about the sister, I'm talking mm-hmm. about this gentleman. Yes. I think that it's more that they fear, or their own fear, uh, is projected on you 
and and it comes out in a way that is very negative, mm-hmm. um, but shows more about who they are. Yes. Yes. Than about who mm-hmm. you are. Yes. And I think you just have to get a little bit older to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I look at it totally. Plus, in Catholic school at that time, humility was incredibly important. Sure. Um, nobody should stand out above anyone else. Mm-hmm. For, in other words, the the basketball team won. It's not because of the player who scored the most. Yes. It's the team effort. Right. And I don't think the sisters wanted us to feel we were real special, but yeah. to keep a certain. I understand you know, absolutely, and I think that, that even more, more the so then. So yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Hmm. I think that the Catholic, you know, not to get off into a long thing, but I <laughs> I work at a Catholic school now, uh-huh. and um, I've taught for 30 years. <clears throat> I've taught in every kind of <clears throat> public <throat> and private institution <throat> you can. Yes. Boarding school, college, uh, public school, <clears throat> private school, charter <clears throat> school, Montessori, uh-huh. and. Catholic. Uh-huh. Right? Wow. Wow, right? Yes. And I have to say that I've find I finally found a niche, I think. Mm-hmm. Um because I really, really love teaching at St. John's. And mm-hmm. I think that they get it right. I think that they, God mm-hmm. is first. Yes. And if you're teaching in a Catholic school, hell out. Jesus exactly. and God are first. Yes. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But yes. that's where it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um from that flows mm-hmm. the support of talents. That the students have, that mm-hmm. are gifts, yes, that we can help elevate, mm-hmm. and there's and and that was not, I think you're correct, perhaps where the mindset was right, fifty plus years ago. I totally agree with and, you, and and uh, and I think that evolution is very very good yeah. because I remained friends with some of the nuns sure. after, a, and and they were incredibly inspiring. I mean, in grammar school, we had seventy students in a classroom because we had two grades in each classroom at St. Peter's, which is the Association for the Blind up in the oh, wow. okay. North End. So we had like grade three and four, thirty-five students in each. Okay, and God bless them for being able to control <laughs> 70 kids <laughs> and well, thank the kids too <laughs> exactly exactly so i think the holy ghost that's he was right. the ghost then not there. the spirit that's right was looking down that's right <laughs> you, you be good today <laughs> exactly but i think the parochial education just was amazing yes. the four years at brady i still go back to brady and talk sometimes and you know i contribute part of my uh, royalties to brady oh, because that's nice. Um, it just, those four years yeah. were ins- inspiring I in totally. so many ways. I have to agree with you. I mm-hmm. mean, the the truth mm-hmm. that when I went in, I had left a, um, a charter school that mm-hmm. I was at for seven years. And it was mm-hmm. a, a charter school on leadership and, you know, a classical education. Mm-hmm. And it sort of changed a little bit for me to where I wasn't quite comfortable being there anymore. Mm-hmm. It was a big change because I mm-hmm. loved that school. Those yes. kids, I was with those kids from sixth grade to 12th, mm-hmm. 12th grade, you know. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to make a change. So I went part-time at St. John's, and I was just thrilled. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that the education is first. Yes, yes. The, 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 there are no phones. Mm-hmm. There are no phones. Mm-hmm. I was there a whole, from some June to from January to June, mm-hmm. I never saw a phone. Mm-hmm. Like, hello, why can't other schools do this? Mm-hmm. Why The phone, I understand the need to have yes. a phone. I'm not yes. at, at all anti that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we're in the school, 
We're yes. community. We're helping each other. Exactly. We're pulling for each other. And that box gets in the way. It's a distraction. Totally. It is. Totally. And it's the same at Brady. The difference in the attitude of the students. Yes. Not walking down the hallway with the phone in their yes. hand. They're connecting with one another. <clears throat> they're focused on the class they're going to or where they've just been. Yep. And it just, the energy in the air and the is corridors different. at Brady yep. is Amazing. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I don't know if people believe that when they hear us talk about that, but there's a visceral difference in the air Mm -hmm. of the environment. There is. Truly, truly. That's strange, huh? It is. It's a good strange. It's a good strange. It's a wonderful (laughs) strange, strange, yes. So tell me, what's your favorite opera? My favorite opera? um, I know it's hard. It is. I I love Daughter of the Regiment. Oh, um, and and saw that when the Met used to tour every year in Boston. Yeah, uh, every year the Concord Theater, uh, she would give me as my Christmas gift front row seats to wow. the Met tour. Wow, and so we got to see so many. I loved that. I I loved. Um, uh, I loved Carmen. Yeah. Um, I loved uh, I love Gunos, uh, Faust, and Romeo and Juliet because mm. I love the Waltz song and the Jewel song. Yes, beautiful. And and the the trio in the jail. Yes. Um, Isn't that it's wonderful? It's profound. <clears throat> She's talking about mm. the the final, really, I think the mm. final scene in Faust when we have uh, the the two <clears throat> leads, Margarita <clears throat> and uh, is it Faust? Yes. Margarita yes. and Faust, and then. The, de- de- the demon, de- the devil. Yes, the devil. Yeah, and uh, they have a trio. They have a, yes. a discussion. Yes. Yeah, that's like beyond powerful. It's just chills yeah. up and down the slide. And I love, I like La Traviata if it's sung well. Yeah. I thought Beverly Sills did a horrible job when I saw her do it. I was so You probably saw her when she was a little older. I think so. Yeah. And and I used to love um, the Sarah Caldwell Opera Company. Yeah, she was something. They did some really unique and interesting oh, things that uh, were absolutely inspiring yep. to see. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah Caldwell, <clears throat> for the <clears throat> seasoned <throat> opera goer, yes. even <clears throat> in New York City, Yes. Is a very, very respected <clears throat> name mm-hmm. in the opera world yes. for her contributions. So you're and, right. in, and in Concord, the Guile concerts used to bring Roberta Peters, Robert Merrill, Richard That's... Tucker. <laughs> you know, all of these people would come Isn't that and amazing, it huh? was just growing up. It, that was the golden age <clears throat> of opera. And and the touring stars of opera too yeah, that yeah. would come around. I That's mean, right. Marian Anderson at the Capitol Theater. Isn't that cool, huh? Fifty years ago. And yeah. it was just uh Yeah, Concord's been lucky in that way. It has yes. been pretty rich. Yes. Paul, it's been wonderful having it's you over. here. It's over. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> we'll have to do this again. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it was great. Thank you very Thank much for you. being with us. Paul Brogan, it was our guest today. Jane Cormier, your host here. We're saying goodbye for uh, Art for Living for this segment. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, (coughs) NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, and we will see you soon. Have a great day.